The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Welcome to one-on-one with poppy chulo today is wednesday march 18th 2015 and i'm your host poppy chulo listeners please welcome to one-on-one with poppy chulo former firefighter former competitive bodybuilder internationally known exotic dancer porn star and erotic internet icon rodney st cloud wow wow i like that i like that what's going on everybody hey how are you doing rodney I'm fine, thank you, um, and I love that introduction, man. I never heard it like that. <laughs> well, it's 100% accurate, isn't it? Um, I, I be honest with you, I don't say it like that. I'm just, um, I'm just doing, um, I'm working hard and and just creating some, um, some entertainment. Absolutely, and we're going to be talking all about all of the entertainment that you've been creating in this interview, which I'm really excited to do. This is our first radio interview. It's not the first interview that we've done. Many, many moons ago on my original website, poppychulosblog.com, we did an interview, and uh, I'm really glad that it's sort of coming full circle and we're having you on the station so that now, instead of just reading your answers, listeners can actually hear you responding to the questions and basically telling your story. Nice, nice. That is cool. Absolutely. So I typically like to start these one-on-one interviews by getting some minor stats out the way, just because for the most part, the majority of our listeners and your fans out there that are tuning in haven't had the chance to see you in person. They only see you in the pictures and in the videos that they've seen on your site and whatnot. So let's get some of your stats out the way, and we're going to first start up with your height and weight. Um, I'm 5'10". And my weight is 240 pounds. What's your ethnicity? I am actually Haitian American. Sac passe. Sac passe. What's your zodiac sign? Sagittarius, half man, half horse. Ha, no pun intended. That makes sense, though. It's all <laughs> it's all making sense now, listeners. <laughs> and uh, how old are you? I'm 41. That's what's up. Very cool, man. Okay, so let's start off the interview by getting to know the man behind the performer. Where are you originally from? From the Bronx, New York. All right, now. That Okay, that's awesome. And what was life like growing up for you? What was Rodney St. Cloud like as a child, as a teenager? Um, I can tell you... Um. I've always have um, had a positive outlook, and I was always driven. 
always wanted to um, run. I just, I loved, you know, being in the street with my friends. And when I look back, I don't know why I was in the street, but, you know, I've been out in the streets running around, nothing bad, um, just looking to have fun and, 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 and be free and just really adventurous, um, always driven, driven and, and um, strong. So um, that's something that I clearly remember as a kid. Um, running around on the street, um, you know, of course, under the um, under the disguise of telling my mother that I'm going to play in front of the house mm-hmm. and using that opportunity to be free and just go. Okay, very cool. And what was uh, Rodney St. Cloud's coming of age like? What were you like in your later years as a later teen and, uh, you know, someone in their early 20s? Well... I was fortunate and blessed enough to have um, a good friend of mine um, encourage me to get into bodybuilding at the age of 15 and um, being fortunate to identify myself and also, um, you know, you know, create, I would say, um, create my, create my persona at that early age, not knowing that I was, I, I just, again, I just identified with the sport of bodybuilding, because of my body, I've always been a muscular kid um, at the age of 15, and um, not knowing that at that young age that I was I was building up my name brand from that point. I didn't know that. So um, 15 years old was the coming of age, and once I got into bodybuilding and you figure out something that you're really good at, you really, um, you, 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 again, at, a free kid looking to run and be free, finding something that he knows he was born to do um, is a good um, formula for success. Absolutely. Yeah, that's very true. Before we get into the bodybuilding, I want to talk about another profession that you are very much well-known as doing. So let's start at the beginning of your exotic dancing career. How long have you been an exotic dancer? Since I was 21, 1995, um, 20 years. Okay. And how did you make that transition into dancing? Well, again, it all had to do with having a physique. Um, that was my that was my my transition. Um, un, un, unbeknownst to me, that um, well, you know, stripping has really nothing to do with the body. Um, the muscles, I'm going to put it like that. Well, the, the muscular body, and more or less to do with your, um, your, you know, your ability to, to, um, to connect with your sexuality mm-hmm. and display that comfortably. Um, so again, my, my transition into the stripping was because I had a body and all my, the friend that hooked me up with stripping, he was like, you're wrong, you got a body, you should be a stripper. And when I first started, I thought I went into it, I guess, thinking that it was a body bodybuilding show, and that was the wrong idea. And it took me years to understand, you know, um, sexuality and learning how to um, connect with other people, you know, using my sexuality. And the exotic dancing was my my bridge, I would say, to you know learning myself and and figuring out that having muscles doesn't mean that you're sexy. Mm-hmm. 
What name do you go by when you dance? Hot Rod. Oh, right now. <laughs> and how did that name come about? Um, my homeboy, Kevin Baxter, um, he gave me that name shit back in, I think, first grade. Because he came, he was, he was my best friend from around the hood. Um, he used to come pick me up before school. We're talking about the first grade. And I get, that was like 1980, so that was in the beginning of the hip-hop era, coming from the boogie down, um, you know, which was heavily influenced by hip-hop because that's the, you know, that's the birth of hip-hop. And his family was into, you know, hip-hop. So since he had a big, he, you know, he had a heavy influence into hip-hop, you know, him being Kevy Kev, he was K-Swiss, um, Kevy Kev, and me being Rodney, you know, he's... You know, you put your knees in front of the rod and it gets hot straight up. So that's hip-hop, man. Most deaf, Mr. Hot Rod. Do you dance for mixed audiences? Do you dance for women and men? I don't dance for men um, by myself. I dance for, I would dance for a co-ed audience, which is not, I, I stress that to my wonderful fans. Um, I say, you know, I need it to be an open crowd. You know, I don't need I, I don't dance for an all male crowd because I am not gay. So it would be it'd be weird. And I you know, for me I would like to perform for everyone, you know, without the not, um, without the title of being straight. If you're if you're a person, you're in the crowd, enjoy my entertainment. In fact it's it's even better because now I can interact with everyone. But what happens is that I don't want uh, my sexuality or the other person's sexuality to be this, you know, this this almost like a um, a tool to to um, to alienate someone or mm -hmm. to alienate me and, and and use as a tool and say, yo, you did this, you know, or oh, yo, he did this. I want I want I want somebody to say, yo, he dances for everyone, you know. So you got to, you know, I, I've I've been fortunate enough to. Um, like I said, learning my sexuality and, and being comfortable with it, understanding that, you know, it's really, it's, it, it, it's a very, very, um, it's, it's, it's very simple, but at the same time, it's, 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 it's very powerful to have, you know, an understanding of sexuality. And when you don't, you know, you can use it to hurt people. You know, so you got to be careful. And like I said, um, I dance for everyone. I like that answer. That was a really good answer, Mr. Hot Rod. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, I want you to share with us one of uh, the exotic dancing secrets. Uh, my question for you is, how do exotic dancers maintain their erections throughout their performances? Oh, wow. That's, that's um, the, the main thing you need a cock ring. Um, and most, most guys use the cock ring that they get from the sex store. Um, which is almost like a silicone-based uh, material that they, you know, it stretches and you put it around your, you know, you put it around the base of your cock and under your nuts, you know, to kind of like slow the circulation of the blood, which is, hell no, I'm not doing that. So um, there's two, you know, that's an option, but um, once I, you know, I became conscious of the size of my cock, I couldn't use that, 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 that type of um, cock ring because it was too big and when I put it on 
when it was time to take it off and my hands was greasy, I kind of panicked and I'm like, yo, I need to take this. I can't take it off because I needed to stretch it over my nuts and over my, over my dick and it was getting, um, it wasn't happening. Mm-hmm. So I had to cut it. I had to cut the, the cock ring, the mm-hmm. silicone cock ring, the original one. And you happen to cut it, you know, you have to remain calm because you don't want to cut nothing. Exactly. Um, <laughs> yes. So now um, I was able to um, understand what the purpose of the cock ring was. And again, that's to slow the circulation of the blood going into your, I mean, coming out of the cock after you got your cock card. So I used a, a knee high or a stocking. And the purpose of that is because the material for the knee high is smooth and it's not abrasive against the, you know, your nuts and your dick, which is very sensitive. And I was able to, you know, I could control the tightness of the, um, of the knot to the point where I can slow down the circulation going outside, coming out my cock and keep my dick erect. So again, it's, it's a technique that you, I wouldn't suggest to anyone, but you have to practice you know, at home <laughs> and, you know, jerk, you know, be prepared to jerk off a lot. Just, you know, <laughs> understand <laughs> you may, you may make some mistakes and, <laughs> and, and shoot some, shoot some loads by mistake. Cause I've went through that, you know, feeling too good trying to get in the direction and oh shit, fucked up. <laughs> there you go. Oh, that's interesting. Okay. So basically you're, for lack of a better word, your makeshift, cock ring is a bit more comfortable and easier to take off than the silicone-based regular ones that you would get at the store. Correct. Okay. Where has your dancing taken you? I think a lot of people, when they typically think of an exotic dancer, I mean, usually they say stripper, you know, and they think of like a stripper that's, you know, at the, you know, the local town, uh, you know, strip club and that kind of thing. But I mean, you are more than that. I mean, you certainly are an exotic dancer. You're, you're an erotic performer. And I think the stereotype for dancers are that, oh, you know, they're usually, you know, at the local place and that's, you know, probably as big as they're going to get. But you have gone all over the place for your dancing. So where has your yes. dancing taken you? Wow. It's taken me to Aruba. It's taken me to Canada. It's taken me to um, St. Croix, St. Thomas, um, I mean, all over the country. Um, yeah, it's, it's taking me everywhere. It's taking me a lot of places, almost identical to, um, you know, it's, it, I would, I would, I would say it's identical to bodybuilding. Mm-hmm. The only difference is, you know, we're independent. That's the difference, you know. We're using our body a little more than a little more of our. Well, I was just a little bit more than my body, <laughs> and, and and stripping, as opposed, you know, with using my cock. Also, when body, you know, when bodybuilding, you're using your muscle, which is your body, which is your body. So either way, the point is, it's taking me. It's taking me a lot of places. A lot of places. How nude do you get in your shows? Do you let it all hang out? Do you make sure certain areas are covered? Mm-hmm. Totally nude, but creatively nude. Okay. And what that means is like I will have some type of 
um, body gear. Like it could even be like a choke, a choker, um, chains around my thighs, chains around my wrist. Um, yeah, pretty much like that, just to make it look at least, you know, you know, I'm just not, I'm just not some, some, you know, disrespectful pervert walking around with my cock out. <laughs> which is not too far from the truth, but, you know, I try to, you know, still give the illusion of um, some type of creativity while being naked. Absolutely. What has been one of your wildest, craziest, most insane exotic dancing experiences? Shit. Wow, that's a crazy question. Um, okay. Damn, dude. Um, okay, wow. Um... Holy shit, one second. It's a few, dude. Well, you can share a couple with us. Why uh, not? Okay. Um, I mean, like, basically, you know, this will help people understand, you know, where I get my 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 idea from, um, which we're, talk we're going to talk, I guess, talk about later. And some of the craziest things that I experienced being a male stripper um, especially for women, is being hired, you know, as a fucking, you know, pretty much hired to fuck them, you know, strip and then fuck them. You know, mm -hmm. that, that's wild because, you know, in your mind, you know, you don't think, you know, I'm not, you know, in my mind, I'm like, that's bullshit. I ain't that good looking. I, I just know I'm good looking, but you want to pay me to fuck, you know. So, you know, the situation where, and the, this is the crazy story is when I, First of starting, they were, you know, first thing that everyone loved was my ass. You know, my first time stripping, some woman ran to me, got on her knees, and licked my ass. <laughs> so, anyway, um, once I think I was done that night, this one lady, she, she wanted to have a one on one. So, I was really, it was really awkward. And you know, I get, I get, I got paid one fifty. Um, I got to the to the apartment. I'm stripping for. She said she wanted more than that. And you know, I was like, no problem. And and I think before that or during that, she was explaining to me that she used to be a prostitute and ex crackhead. Which in your mind, that doesn't that is not a, a good aphrodisiac. To tell you the truth, it's like a fucking uh, a hard-on killer mm -hmm. you know when you're looking at your client you're like jesus christ you know shit and she, you know and i couldn't get my dick hard so that was one of the craziest experience that was my first experience and um um i guess they call it straight for pay <laughs> so that was one dude damn um i give you another example oh dude um okay um, okay, another one is, i tell you when a guy, a guy hired me, you know, he calls me, he says, you know, I want, you know, my girl, my girlfriend is coming into town, I want you to perform for her, and <laughs> he tells me, listen, um, she, you know, she likes an asshole being played with, so this is what the guy's telling me on the phone, so I'm like, what the hell? So make a long story short, he says, you know, you know, he said, you really got to focus on the asshole. So I'm like, wow, great. So then, you know, I'm thinking that when I get there, it's going to be some freaking 
some some fucking subhuman looking chick and some crazy looking dude because again people I never heard this type of shit so you know I get to the place the guy opens the door it looks like a looks like a cat from around you know around the hood like a regular dude mm-hmm. and you know I look over his shoulder and the chick she, he has with her is man she banging so I'm like yo these motherfuckers is cops so then you know I'm nervous now and I'm like damn so I had to perform and um, <laughs> so I come out, and I, you know, in my mind, I'm trying to figure a way not to get. You know, these are cops. I gotta, I gotta do something to make sure I know if they're cops or not. So I'm not gonna initiate the sex. I'm gonna have them initiate. I'm gonna go nude, which is not illegal. So I'm gonna just swing my dick in her face, and she grabs my cock and starts sucking it. She can't be a cop. So make a long story short, you know, I'm performing, pull my dick out. Sure enough, she starts sucking. I said, she ain't a cop. You know, I get, I pull her up, and she got a fat ass. I'm like, oh, man, I'm getting paid for this motherfucker. So anyway, you know, I lay her down, and about this whole time, the guy is sitting down, just watching, like he keeps looking over his shoulder. Like, if you could picture in your mind, this guy is just sitting down. He's on the phone, and, you know, once in a while, he just keeps looking over to make sure everything's cool. And I'm looking at him like, yo, Oh, this guy ain't no fucking, you know, you know, weirdo or nothing like that. Don't try to do nothing crazy with me. So anyway, like, you know, I'm performing for her. Then eventually I start fucking her. And, you know, at that point, the guy, you know, she's just enjoying it. He gets up, comes over, and he says, you okay, baby? And, you know, he was like, and she was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I'm pounding her out. And then all of a sudden, he pulls out his cock. I'm like, yo, this motherfucker got a horse cock. That shit was humongous. So I'm like, what the fuck you calling me for? And then, you know, I didn't say that to the dude, but he just pulls it out. And then she starts sucking it. And then all of a sudden, this chick put a finger on my ass. So I'm like, yo, what the fuck? So, you know, I, you know, you know, you, you, you know, at that point, I'm violated. I'm like, man, this chick here. <laughs> oh, wow. I'm like, damn, uh, you know, you know, you just sitting there like this chick got a friend of mine. What the fuck is going on? So, you know, you just, you know, she, I could tell that she's looking at me to see if I like it or, if, you know, if I show any displeasure. So I'm like, oh, man. So I'm just, you know, I'm not showing anything. I'm just, this chick is testing my prostate or something. I don't want to. So, you know, you know, she takes it out. I guess she realizes that I'm not. Oh, I'm sorry about that. It's a noisy New York. Um... So anyway, she she stops doing that, and um, and I mean it, it, that I mean at that point you know we finished off, and then I shot my load over her fucking chest, you know after force giving her, you know, a finger in her ass. So either way, um, yeah, that that was another experience, dude. It's a lot of experiences, man. Um, I believe the last it. one is well, the last one was is iconic. This was um when Biggie Smalls was still alive. And I don't know if you ever heard of um, Luke's Peep Show. But mm-hmm. I'm sure the people, the yep. listeners should know. Um, I got booked to, um, to be on a Luke's Peep Show with a few other strippers. To make a long story short, I get there, and then I'm sitting around waiting. At this point, I'm comfortable in the business. You know, I know how it goes, so I'm just waiting to, for them to let me know when it performs. So I can go on the back and get my dick hard. And um, while I'm waiting, there's a girl there. There's this short little cute girl with Gucci, 
Gucci boots. And I'm looking at it, I'm like, this is a cornball bitch. She's got some Gucci boots on. You know, that shit is probably fake. And, um, make a long story short, we have to go get changed. We're in the dressing room. So the girl with the Gucci boots, she's in, uh, she's in the chair getting her hair done. And she has some jewelry on. So, you know, I'm like, yo, is that jewelry real? She's like, yeah, my grandmother gave it to me. I'm like, whatever, bitch. That shit ain't real. So then um, I get my dick hard. You know, I'm jerking my dick off. I turn my back to them, of course. I tie it up. So they're like, yo, how about we need you in the front? So they point me to a chair and I had to stand next to it. No, I had to kneel next to it. So we wait in and then they're like, they were ready to start the interview. You know, and Luke says, okay, let's begin. Call the, call the guest out. So the lady's like, yo, we need little Kim out. I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> oh, I felt like a dickhead because I'm like, I didn't know that was little Kim, man. And I guess that jewelry was real. I mean, I, I, mean, I still don't know, but that was little Kim. Oh, that's funny. It was bananas. I didn't know. You know, she was real cute back then. You know, um, so anyway, that's another crazy story. She know what time it is. If she's if she listening to this, she, if she, hopefully she got a, a, a census. she remember that because I know she remember a bunch of strippers with big dicks all around her. So, that's, uh, that's like a Friday sure. night for her, maybe. No, let me stop. Yeah, nah. <laughs> nah, nah. She, she remember that. Trust me. Because, you know, like I said, most people that's um, been exposed to what I call urban stripping, strippers from the hood, they know what time it is because they've never seen it. You know, you've seen Chippendales. Um, you know, you've seen different dancing, which is um, pretty, it's, it's pretty corny. And you see strippers from the hood, you got a swagger, what they call swagger, that everyone know what time, you know, when you talk about, you know, we are entertainers. We, 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 we customize our outfits. We, um, we customize our music. We actually become DJs to create our own music. We create routines based to the music. Um, so it's not like we just come out pretty much, you know, and again, I'm not taking it. I'm not taking nothing away from any other, you know, stripper, but we literally, um, create our own lane. And more importantly, you know, we created the market, especially in New York, because we don't have an actual place to, um, a venue to dance. We actually have to go out there and rent out a location to throw a party and pretty much go around, promote the party, and pretty much create our own, um, our own business. And, and, and basically, for the for the 20 years that I've been in the business, you know, we had to create our own business, which was a great, great way of learning how to be an entrepreneur, how to market, you know, pretty much, you know, how to do business. Mm-hmm. So at the end of the day, because of that, we have become great entertainers slash, um, you know, trendsetters because there's nothing out there you know, for us to just fall into, you know, you know, we don't have no structure to fall right into, which would be pretty much robotic. We have to create it. And of course, you know, we know that we have to be very creative in a market that's not 
you know, that doesn't exist just to, you know, just to attract the customers. So the point is, um, the, 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 I would say urban style dancing, the strippers, the strippers from the hood type dancing, you know, everyone know what time it is. All, all, everyone knows. I mean, they do, they know now that it's definitely unique from, from any other form of stripping. Absolutely. So you mentioned Little Kim. Who yes. else, as far as like mainstream celebrities, have you danced in front of? Holy shit! Um, I danced at Bad Boy Studio. Um, this is back in the days when it was a small office. Um, um, Puffy wasn't there. It was it was he was around? I, I didn't see him. And being honest, which I didn't see him. Another um, iconic rapper star superstar um i danced in front of um missy elliott i danced at her at her mansion and at that time it was in new jersey i don't know if it's still there but she was in the background it was funny dude oh yeah it's another experience um so <laughs> i get hired to you know, dance at her house so they had to meet me down at some entrance gate because it was in a gated community and they bring me to the house. The shit was beautiful. And when I get to the spot, I get changed. There was female strippers there. So, make a long story short, I guess, you know, someone was getting married. So I was dancing for the bride-to-be. I'm out there performing. You know, I put the girl on the floor. I whip out my cock. <laughs> and I smack her in the face with it, right? <laughs> so I leave her on the floor and I go to the rest of my friends. Only thing I know, the, the picture in my mind I remember, when I looked at the corner of my eye, Missy Elliott, and I know it's Missy Elliott because... I see a girl with a Kango come. No, I don't know what she was wearing. She came. The only thing I know, I see a girl running out. I think she had a hat on, and she, you know, she 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 bends down to the girl that's on the floor that I just finished smacking with my cock, and she's laughing. And you know, I could see the laughing clearly because I could see her teeth. Because Missy Elliott has some profound some profound teeth in her mouth, and you know, when she smiles, they they they, they shine bright. And that's how I knew it was her. And that's when in my mind I was, okay, that's the chick that's been, she, her room was humongous. Her room, dude, this shit was like a fucking, like a whole floor of an apartment building. That apartment, apartment, like you had the whole bedroom area that you could fit three bedrooms in. And then there was another area where the DJ area was at. She was standing in that area. I remember seeing the girl, I thought that was a DJ. And I was, I was Missy Elliott, just, you know, staying away in the cut. So I beat the girl with my dick. Then she came out and laughed at her. So that's another celebrity I stripped around. That's crazy. Did you ever strip her in yeah. front of uh, Candy? Candy Burris? Who's that? She's a she's a R and B singer. Right now she's on the Atlanta Housewives. Uh, the only reason I ask is because she she has a proclivity for exotic dancers. She loves uh, strippers. Probably some of my boys probably strip for, but no, I haven't. Okay, that's what's up. Interesting, man. Mm -hmm. Okay, so are you still dancing? 
Yes, I still do my private shows. Okay. I've slowed down a lot, but um, I, I still do the private shows. Okay. Um, and how can the listeners and fans out there book you if they want you at one of their events or private shows? Um, email me at H-O-Y-R-O-D, the number one, at AOL.com. That's HoyRod1, H-O-Y-R-O-D, the number one, at AOL.com. There you go. Before we sort of leave uh, the the stripping section, before we leave the exotic dancing section of the interview, I want to ask you about terminology. Some people get offended by the term stripper. Some people prefer mm-hmm. the term exotic dancer. Since you're actually in the profession, what's your opinion on either of the terms, stripper, exotic dancer? Do you use one over the other? Does it not really matter? Um, it does matter because, like you said, some people... Um, don't like it because it, you know, a stripper is just someone that takes off their clothes. Um, exotic dancer is someone who feels that they, 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 they're artists that's using, you know, you, you know, they're taking their art, they're, they're, they're stripping to an artistic form. Um, from my years of being in the business, I can tell all the exotic dancers and the strippers that. You are an adult entertainer. That's all you need to say, you know, period. And you, you'll learn that, you know, from people who who don't have time to categorize the type of um, entertainer you are. They're going to think, you know, you, they're gonna, the only thing they're going to think of is X-rated, period. You know, you are promoting sex. You're right. I like that answer. You were featured in uh, the 2004 FDNY Hunky Heroes calendar. Wow, yeah, man. Yeah. I want to talk about that. What was your reaction when you learned that you were featured in the calendar, and how long had you been a firefighter when that happened? Um, That was my first year. And to be honest with you, I mean, at that point, I was already a top pro bodybuilder. So um, I did it because of the... um, I knew it was part of a charity, and you know the the, the proceeds allegedly supposed to go to the um, to the burn center. And I and I don't know, you know, when I say allegedly, it's because of the experience I had with the fire department, you know, how they did me. So I say we, we will know, be I, talking about that in just a moment. Um, so basically, I, I you know I wasn't you know I wasn't looking for anything because at that point I already had my popularity. I, I already, you know. I already have my notoriety, you know, I, would, I, was, I was already doing my thing, you know, as far as, you know, doing the fire department calendar, it was just like, okay, cool, I could use my body for something good, and, you know, like I said, it goes to um, the burn center, which definitely, you know, it's no joke, <laughs> you know, which is a really beautiful foundation, so, um, again, it was no big deal to get on it, you know, I knew, the, I knew what I had, I knew I had a body, so... I know I'm almost, I was certain that they were going to select me. Okay, cool. So speaking about uh, your job as a firefighter, you were fired from it when uh, you released one of your first, very first softcore DVDs. Can yes. you tell? Wow. Yeah, can you tell me a bit about what was going on in your head when you were let go from your duties as a firefighter and all of the reaction to that? Um, wow. I tell you right now, that was um, 
and as the listeners are, are you know, the, I, I want the listeners to really understand. Um, that was my 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 death and rebirth. Um, and if you see, if you know the situation, obviously that was the death of my, you know, I would say square life, which means, you know, whatever I worked for, you know, Tupac Amber said this one time and he got arrested. You know, everything that I worked for, they fucking destroyed because, you know, now I'm allegedly this big time steroid dealer, you know, adult entertainer. And in the news, in the negative way, they, the way they put it. So what they didn't know, and again, I wasn't, I didn't calculate this, is that I just had my, you know, my website built and I just did that video. It was just timing. So what happened was, on one end, they destroyed the life, a square life that I always, that most people aspire to be. You, you know, most people aspire to be, you know, a, you know, a fireman, a professional athlete, and even, you know, an exotic dancer sometimes. And when they put me in the news as someone who was a drug, you know, steroid dealer, now that just, you know, you pretty much just killed that. But now they also put my name out there. And my website just been released. And it was, well, the movie, first, uh, the softcore porn um, DVD was just released, and my website was released, and I have my name right in the same cloud attached to it. So while they killed that side of my life, they gave birth to the other. And man, when I released the site, man, that was a great, mar that was a great marketing tool, you know, especially when you have me on 10, 10 wins. And you're all over the world. Then put me in the news and pretty much, you know, in a negative way, mm -hmm. put my name out there. It was a good promotional tool for my website. Absolutely. As they say, there's no such thing as bad publicity. Correct. But again, you know, I want people to be clear. I didn't plan it. Um, it just so happened to show me um, that... If you work hard and you, you know, you, 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 you create your own entity, no matter what it is, especially in this day and age with websites, especially create your own website using your, your name, your name, not some, not a fake name, because if I would have used a, a fake name, you know, when they, when they destroyed Rodney St. Cloud in this, you know, all the work he did. They wouldn't, they wouldn't, you know, people wouldn't have put on search for, you know, Hot Rod. They would have searched for Rodney St. Cloud. So it was pretty clear um, that I'm glad that I created Rodney St. Cloud. And I couldn't create Hot Rod because that's such a common um, name that, you know, that I couldn't use. So either way, the point is, don't be afraid to put your name out because they're going to use it anyway. They're not going to, you know, even though your name is going to be an alias, they're going to find your real name and they're going to put it out there. So you might as well just cut through the bullshit, use your name, and if they, you know, if something happened, and I'm only talking to the people who who, are, who might be getting picked on, you know, just because of the type of work or they because of the lifestyle they're in, you know, those are the people, you know, I, I, I love because they, I understand how they feel and I know how it is to be singing up because of your lifestyle. You know, don't be afraid to put yourself out there because 
you know, then it, it then it, you know, kind of like looks like you're ashamed of it. So again, that was my reward for, you know, you know, being, you know, being proud of what I do, and that's always been my um, my my motivation. You know, not hiding behind a name or or being ashamed of what I do. Absolutely. Now, you mentioned something that the listeners might not know the details of. So I, that's actually my next question for you. Your name was also in headlines when steroids were discovered by, custom, by a customs officer in a box addressed to you. What can Correct. you tell me about that incident as well as the arrests that occurred because of that incident? Yeah, um, basically... In that, at that time in my life, in 2003-2004, I had finally reached the pinnacle of the sport of bodybuilding. I was, um, I competed in the Mr. Olympia. And for bodybuilding, that means you're one of the best in the world. So, at that point, what most people don't realize, but they understand. In order to hit that level, now I can be honest with everyone, you have to be on a shitload of drugs. <laughs> when I say drugs, I'm talking about steroids and growth hormone. So, the steroid bust occurred because I was trying to receive steroids to use to prepare for my competitions. And when they seized my package, the quantity was a lot, but you know, they they were doing their job when they arrested me, but they didn't understand that the amount of drugs that I ordered was not for resale, it was for my personal use. Mm -hmm. But we take so much steroids that for the average person, you would assume that, you know, before you saw me, you would assume that this dude is selling this shit because this is a lot of fucking steroids. And then when you see me at 270 pounds of muscle, then you're like, oh, this, this is all for him. So the point is, I hope the people out there are not being stupid and ordering a shitload of steroids or drugs and having it sent to anyone or to themselves because it's going to, if it gets seeds, <laughs> the knock on the door is not going to be a pleasant knock if you even get a knock. So that was the story behind the, stero the steroid. So, um, so again, you know, I tell the, the audience, you know, especially the people who are into health and fitness and, you know, who's looking to keep their bodies tight. You know, it's nothing wrong with experimenting, but do not order any steroids and have it sent to your house in abundance. You know, don't do that. Because, again, you may get caught. So my follow-up question for you is... Uh... Steroids and human growth hormone, they're rampant in the world of bodybuilding. Oh, yeah. Okay. Are you still using steroids and human growth hormone? No. 
Okay. And I guess as a question that's related to all of this, what's your opinion on the usage of steroids in sporting professions? Do you think it's something that should be treated the way that it's been treated recently, where you know people are suspended and fined, or do you feel that it's so rampantly used in that industry that they really shouldn't uh, make it something that's uh, illegal in uh, usage in sports? Um, no, they should not make. They should not penalize no one for using it because, again, you're talking about a sport that that requires you to perform at the best of your ability, and you 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 you, you know you're you're tempting people with millions of dollars. What they need to do is um, education and let people understand, you know, what they're getting themselves into. Clearly, which means this, you know, there's a, there's a price that you pay that, you know, they, they've always said that, you know, if you use steroids, they always use extreme um, warnings, which is, you know, you shouldn't do that because some people cannot relate to it when you say, well, um, you, you know, you may use an example as Lala Zato or, you know, someone, you know, you're going to, you know, if you use steroids, you're going to chop half your life off, you know, you're going to chop half the time off your life. When you use these examples, it doesn't seem real. What they need to do is, in terms of science and, 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 and you know, just, you know, giving people an education on what steroids are and what they can do to you. Once you do something like that, instead of trying to stop people from use steroids, they can all they can just be aware of what can happen and make the you know, make the choices or, or I would say prepare themselves better, you know, in the event that, you know, you wanna use you wanna use it, this is what you should do to minimize the the I guess the after effects or the the, the detriments of using steroids. It's almost as if, like, for the same, the same way they educate people about unprotected sex, mm-hmm. okay, and sex in general. They give you an education about what the consequences are of having unprotected sex. They should do the same thing with steroids because it's not going to stop. In fact, it's, it's, it's gotten more popular, especially with sports supplements. So they should do the same type of education that they do for, for sex. They need to because most people using steroids or these supplements don't understand the possible the possible um, side effects of using these things in their life altering. You know, and and death is not the worst part. There are other issues that everyone, you know, well not not everyone that men I would focus on more would deal with. If you know you experiment with these type of um, sports enhancements, so um, so my thoughts about the these major leagues or these these pro 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 on um, these pro teams and these organizations, pro, um, professional organizations, you know they need to just educate the, the athletes. If you're going to use it, this is this is how you should use it, 
and this is the this is the consequence for using this, and this is real. And after educating the guys on what can happen or how to prevent, you know, any long long term effect, it would it would at least make the athletes conscious, and they would think twice about using it. So that's what I that's what I feel that, um, should be done in that in, in the um, in professional organizations. I think one of the major side effects, rumors, uh, whatnot, whatever you want to call it, of steroid usage in the past has always been that, uh, you know, if men were to take on that their testicles were shrink, that their dick would shrink, and obviously, I mean, I think you're proof that that doesn't happen. No, but your, your nuts will shrink. And, yes, my nuts shrunk, and I had to rehab them. Oh, okay. And but I can't. I'm not going to go into it in this interview because that's something I would have to share with people, um, you know, in another in another way because it's it's not something that you should explain right off the back. But yeah, you would you know you're going to have what they call testicular atrophy, and that's because you shut down your natural production of, of testosterone, which will affect your you know, your erection will affect your um, the ability to have kids, which for some people, to be, they don't mind. But it will definitely affect your sexual performance. Absolutely. Okay, that's interesting. So, okay, but uh, but you're okay now and, and everything was, uh, for lack of a better word, reversed. Well, not totally, but and I'm going to tell you I was lucky, but not totally because, you know, you're getting older anyway. So, you know, it's 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 almost like a, it's weird how on the subject of um, performance enhancements or testosterone, I like to be more specific on steroids. Testosterone, ironically, um, I wouldn't, I would, I would not recommend anyone to use it recreationally because it's a very dangerous, powerful drug. Now, I'm sure everyone understands that after the age of 35, your natural production of testosterone minimizes. It starts to go down. Um, so with that being said, what's, what's very popular in this day and age is what they call testosterone therapy. Now, that is for, like I said, as you get older, you know, your natural production naturally stops. Nothing you could do about that. Now they have special um, specialized clinics that, or doctors that you can go to, that men can go to, and get their testosterone levels checked to make sure that they are functioning, you know, at, you know they, they're healthy as far as their, their testosterone levels are. And if, you, if you're a man out there and you're feeling like, yo, you know, I'm having erection problems or um, I'm just feeling, you know, very depressed, you know, that could be a sign of low testosterone. Another clear indication is, especially men that go to the gym, they're gaining weight. They feel like no matter what they do as far as cardio is concerned, their bodies is not changing. That could be an indication of um, low testosterone. And the irony in life is, yes, you can, um, you can affect your testosterone production using steroids, but 
the irony in life is as you get older, your testosterone production is going to decrease anyway. It's part of dying. You know, once it starts to go low, you start to assume the look of, you know, of aging. And you will continue to age. And your testosterone level will continue to minimize, your, which means your sexual appetite will, will diminish. Your, you know, you wouldn't, you're not going to think about sex like you did when you was 21. So the point is, I feel like testosterone or steroid therapy could be a good thing with education and, of course, um, um, being monitored by a health professional. So um, so that's to answer your question in twofold. Yes, it affects your, your sexual ability, but at the same time, naturally, you're, you're going to lose that sexual ability as you get older. And if you are a conscious health person, you don't want to. So you're going to eventually, your, your, your only option is, you know, doing, you know, you got to do research and your steroid therapy may be one of your options. That's interesting. Very fascinating, man. So since we're on the topic of uh, fitness, how long have you been into fitness? How long has fitness been a part of your life? Since I was 15. Okay. Awesome. And uh, can you share with the listeners your physical stats? Yes, absolutely. Right now, oh, I'll start with my biceps and my triceps. They are 19 inches. Uh, my chest and back, I don't know, I'm being honest. Uh, my legs are 28 inches. My calves are 17. Okay. My waist, my waist is about 34. So Rodney St. Cloud is basically a superhero. <laughs> Hell no, I was shit back back in two thousand four. My arms was twenty two inches. My quads was like thirty one inches. <laughs> my freaking my, my my chest and back was in the sixties. It was it was bananas, man. You can go online and see it, it was ridiculous. There you go. Rodney St. Cloud, you're slacking, man. <laughs> no, I'm just teasing. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right, man. I, I love it. Now, I, I, I'm, tr- I, I'm truly blessed, and um, um, I love being able to be, um, to, be to, to to answer questions and you know being you know poke jokes at me. Um, I'm humbled by being able to, um, to to have the experience that I have and now to share it with everyone. Absolutely. Currently, how often do you work out? Five times a week. Okay. Sometimes six. Okay. And for how long? Uh, two hours. Okay. How long have you been bodybuilding? Same thing. Fifteen years. Okay. I started really young, competing and weight training. You've competed in several bodybuilding competitions, and you've placed in quite a few of them as well. As a bodybuilder, as someone that's actually taking part in these events, do you enjoy the big production that those events become? Yes, I do. It, was, it, it built the culture of bodybuilding. Basically, um, it created... Uh, it created a, a stage. It created a um, an arena, all at the same time, which allowed us to display our physiques. Definitely. 
in bodybuilding competitions, for those that have uh, never been to one, the judging can be a bit brutal. Especially since, you know, basically the, the bodybuilders that are there competing are just standing on the stage, you know, like a slab of meat, posing as you get every inch of muscle critiqued. Is that something that you had to get used to? Is that something, you know, getting critiqued like that to, you know, the, the every inch of your body getting critiqued? It, is that something that was easy to get used to and uh, did it get to the point to where you just sort of tuned it out and uh, you know d you didn't really even notice that people were commenting on you and judging you well once you get if you get if you're getting into bodybuilding obviously you want to be you know critiqued alongside your comrades and now do you understand how to present your physique, that's a whole different story. So, yeah, we know that people are looking at us from head to toe and, you know, front and back. What has been your greatest achievement accomplished as a bodybuilder? Wow. Um, the greatest achievement, I would say, was being able to have a smooth transition out of competition and remaining, um, I would say, relevant. So I would say that although I'm not competing on stage of bodybuilding, I've been able to transcend my, the culture of bodybuilding as an ambassador into stripping and into porn and not lose that. What would you consider to be your best physical attributes? And uh, I'm going to split this up in, in two different categories. Your best physical attributes in bodybuilding and your best physical attributes just in general. The, and this, I can say for both is my symmetry. You know, when, in bodybuilding, the most important thing is for nothing to jump out. For nothing to look bigger than the other. Everything has to match. And I think part of my success, the physical success, is for me being able to be symmetrical, you know, whether I have my trunks on, you know, everything flows together. It doesn't look, you know, it doesn't look distorted. It doesn't look unbalanced. When I have my trunks off and my cock is out, it doesn't look like weird. It just looks like it goes together. Mm -hmm. So that's that's something that I didn't realize until like you know getting into the porn. That wow, wait a second. I think a lot of women don't understand the size of my cock because when you compare it to the rest of my body, it you know obviously it's big because I'm big, but you don't realize it because you know. My, since my body is big, in seeing my cock, you think it's average. Like on the flip side, the the, the um, stereotype that bodybuilders have small dicks is not true. The reason why is because when you have a bodybuilder whose body is so big and he has an average cock that a slim guy would have, if he was slim, it would look normal. But because his body is so big in comparison to his cock, it looks smaller than it would you know, because his body is big. 
So, with, with like I said, with my whole entire physique, my cock is big, but so is my body. So everything flows until you get that cock in your fucking body. Then you realize how big it is. But either way, that's my <laughs> that's my um that's the um, I think that's my strongest strength in bodybuilding and outside of bodybuilding. Okay. Is there someone in the bodybuilding arena, in the bodybuilding field, that you look up to as inspiration? Honestly speaking, um, I don't look... Oh, well, I could say like the old school cats, man. You know, Lee Haney. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger. Um, man, the old school... Uh, Mike Christian, Sean Ray. Um, Vince Taylor, you know, if you're a bodybuilder, hey, you know what up. You know, you know that, you know, you, you know, um, shit, um, Kevin Lavone. It's, it, dude, it, those, though, I just named a few, but there's many. And out of those many, I want to focus on one. The reason that I'm going to ask you about this person is because. When they won Mr. Olympia, there was no con. I don't think there was as big of a controversy around them as there was, you know, when you had your controversy in the game. And uh, this is a bodybuilder, a Mr. Olympia, that has a similar history to yours. I mean, they were an exotic dancer. I mean, there's a video of him on the web where he's fucking a grapefruit. Yes, yes. I oh, know who you know I'm talking about. I agree now. Yes. yes. Oh, man. So, well, do you at all oh. see any, I don't even know what the right word is, hypocrisy in that he, Absolutely. Uh, did he have a controversy? What's your opinion? Did he have a controversy when he won? Would he have had a controversy five, seven years ago if he had won? Well, it's always going to be a controversy, which I think makes it more interesting. Um but it's clear that that controversy is bullshit because when you when you when you start to to you know peel behind you know what he was doing the purpose of what he was doing who this man is you know where he came from you know how he was able to do it it's a beautiful thing because you, you once you get to the truth the body you know those the, the the sport is playing a dangerous game that might destroy it. Because, you know, I like to say this, you know, the sport is acting like a bitch because they really, they, I don't see how they can, they can fault this man for, you know, using his body, you know, as an adult entertainer when he's on stage with a pair of fucking panties anyway, and they use it for their purpose. So that that's something where, you know, you know, oh, and there's an irony behind it. You know, right now the sport is not as powerful as it was, and the, per the only person that could probably save it is this Kai Green, which is beautiful, you know, and everything that comes with Kai, you know, and he's an inspiration. He's an inspiration to me. He, you know, that's my brother, man. And, um, you know, I have, you know, other comrades and brothers that basically, 
you know, of course, me and him share the, um, you know, the lifestyle of the adult business. And to see them do what they do to him, you know, really pisses me off. And, you know, I, I, it's more than hypocrisy. I think it's more or less, um, I think it's an insecurity of the sport, you know, because the sport, when you know the history of the sport, you know where the, the, the sport came from. And the sport came from, you know, where we came from. So it is, it is, you know, sexually driven. Um, there's nothing wrong with that. You're looking at the best physiques in the world. If you want to, if you think for one second that the only thing most people want to do is just look at it, then you're living in a, in a you're living in a, in a make-believe world. You know, obviously, is there to motivate you for many reasons, and sex is one of them. I really appreciate the honesty and the candor. Rodney, you've been bringing it with the answers. I really appreciate that. No problem, brother. On a related tip, I want to ask you, especially since you know you've been bringing it with the answers and you've been very honest, and uh, you know there's been a lot of uh, candor in your responses. What's your opinion on uh, these websites that are out there that use a lot of like the muscle fantasy, you know, muscle worship type of uh, niche that in particular use well-known bodybuilders and, you know, bring them on and, and to do whether it's posing scenes or even erotic masturbation solos yes. and that kind of thing. You know, there are a lot of bodybuilders that you know, established bodybuilders that are competitors, that are, you know, big name people that are in the game right now, and even fitness models that that aren't necessarily in the bodybuilding genre, or I should say in the bodybuilding field, but, you know, sort of adjacent to it, yes. that are used on these sites, but, you know, they don't use their real names, they use a fake name, I guess they think that no one's going to find out, but, you know, <laughs> with the internet nowadays, everybody knows everything about everybody. That's so right. what's your opinion on these sites and the bodybuilders that go on them that are trying to do these videos on the low? Well, I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I, me being in the business right now, I try, I try to um, pave a way so that they don't feel embarrassed. Me being in the business... I tried to um, set an example mm -hmm. so that so that the, the the bodybuilders coming up behind me don't feel like they should be ashamed of it, um, ashamed of you know using their body, you know, to express their sexuality. It's not, I mean, it's natural. First and foremost, most people don't know the history of bodybuilding, and I don't think they realize that. If you're going to have a body of a Greek god, you know, people are going to, you know, for lack of a better word, worship it. It's, that's, that's what they're doing. They're looking at it in awe, like, my God, you know, and it's pretty obvious that if you're going, you know, if you see a man or woman who has a wonderful body, you're going to want to touch it, you're going to want to have fun with it, you know. That's just part of being human. And the attraction 
the, the muscle worship and these little niches that have been created with, you know, with fellow bodybuilders. The reason why I like it is because it, it on one sense, it, it makes people aware that I need to keep my body in shape if I want to be sexy. And it's nothing, you know, it's nothing wrong with promoting, you know, health and fitness, or I would say, um, bringing consciousness to your, to who you are in your body when you're, you know, you're a healthy sexual being. There's nothing wrong with that. And I think it's evident not only in like when we talk about the, um, the bodybuilding, but now it's evident in porn and the world. Everyone is trying to keep their bodies in shape. Just like every, you know, if you see right now the Kim Kardashian thing, everyone wants to get that butt. So the point is, I think it's good. I think it's good. I think it's good. Okay, but what about the bodybuilders that are sort of trying to do it on the low? Do you think it's, do you find that kind of ridiculous, especially nowadays when, you know, people can find out stuff about people with just a couple clicks on the web? Well, I, I think ultimately they, you know, they probably have personal issues in their life that they feel like they don't want to put it out there yet because they're not comfortable with the sexuality, you know. And that's something, like I said, is, is I would, you know, I don't say it's ridiculous. I just say that that someone is obviously that person is, you know, obviously not comfortable, you know, with themselves yet. And hopefully the producers do them right. You know, and make them look good. Make them look like sex gods or sex goddesses. You know, but if they don't, you know, that's shame on the producer, not the talent. You know, and that I know personally. So the the, the performers, I'm very pro performer. So it is it is ridiculous, but it's understandable because they know you know the ridicule that they can get from doing the um doing these movies but if the producer is a is a good producer he'll paint a wonderful picture and make that person look great speaking of sex gods and muscle gods <laughs> and whatnot <laughs> mr rodney st cloud do you enjoy the attention your body gets um i, I mean after 20 after almost, damn, how many years, man? So many years, it's, at this point, it's, it's, I'm humbled by it. I'm humbled by it, really. Let's talk about your official website, RodneyStCloud.com. How long has that site been up? I think it's 2004, 2003, 2004, something like that. Okay, so about so 10, 11 years. Yeah. Okay. Very impressive. What can your fans and supporters and the listeners tuning in right now find on your website? Wow, they're going to find 10 years of evolution, man. And it's going to be evolving, evolving even more. I'm going to, at this point, I'm working with someone to redesign my site, which is a fucking hell of a task because I got to convert the videos. So either way, the people that, my wonderful fans who, who have subscribed and who are subscribed, um, at the moment, I'm actually redesigning the site 
um, trying to create a better platform so that I could bring you more wonderful hot scenes. Hmm? Nice. Sounds good. We certainly approve of that. Your website, as you mentioned, has been evolving since the beginning. You started off featuring softcore video clips of your workout routines, and then it slowly started to feature nude scenes, (laughs) masturbation scenes, and then, hold on listeners, it features hardcore sex scenes <laughs> and not just hardcore i mean it also it's also you've got some like fetish type stuff and and pov type stuff so there's really something for everyone out there yeah. how did this gradual change in your site's tone come about was it initially your intention to slowly turn your site hardcore or was that something that happened because of uh, the reaction from the fans and the subscribers nope that was it's all had to do with Rodney St. Cloud evolving. And the website is a reflection of it. And uh, not a reflection of it, but a reflection of my evolution. And um, basically, um, that transition from just posing and working out to J.O. scenes and pop shots, that was a you know, soul-searching type of transition. And it was basically a conscious decision. Um, and I want to use that word conscious a lot. Basically, when you are, when, when you face with, with, um, with reality that you're putting yourself out there, you understand that you can be attacked and you have to really understand what you're doing. And what I had to do was use logic and say, wait a second. What's wrong with masturbating? Nothing. On top of that, being a stripper, I was already out there showing my cock. So when you use logic, you say, wait a second. What is the big deal of, you know, of masturbating? So anyway, the point was, if I'm not doing nothing wrong, if I'm not doing anything to hurt you, on top of that, if I'm being creative and I have a body that I've worked on for years, I'm not just, I'm not being, uh, you know, a sleaze bag, which is nothing wrong with that, but I'm not being a sleaze bag because I'm, I'm bringing entertainment that I use as a, you know, as a, as a, I guess as a vessel to, to explore sexuality, you know, and I say explore because, you know, the entertainment aspect of it is the creativity and the, you know, the whole production of it. Now, the actual jerking off and coming, that's enough, man, that's an exploration because you really got to get your head together and you got to be comfortable with yourself and you got to let it all hang out. There's no faking There isn't, you know, you're letting people see your most vulnerable point. So that's an exploration and, you know, it is a really awkward feeling because when you're coming, it's like, at that point, everyone is watching you at your most vulnerable. You know, it's a beautiful thing once you learn how to harness that. But anyway, that's, um, 
that's that's the answer. <laughs> Absolutely, man. So I want to talk about basically two of your firsts. Because you basically popped two cherries with this website as far as as you evolved into the realm of erotica. So I want to talk about the first time that you jerked off for a scene, for a solo <laughs> masturbation, like what that experience was like, what was going on in your mind, you know, could you believe that you were doing this? And then I also want to talk about the first time that you actually did a hardcore scene for your site where you're actually having sex on film. You know, what was that like for you? Were you nervous, excited, scared? What was going on in your mind during that scenario? So I want to hear first about the solo masturbation and then about the hardcore sex. Well, the first pop-off scene, the J.O. scene with the cum shot, you know, I was fortunate enough to have my own production, so I created an environment that was comfortable and I had to, you know, you know, you know, it, it takes you out of context because usually you are comfortable, you know, you're corny and you jerk off and you bust. Now you have to, you have to find triggers. I like to use that word too. You have to find triggers that you can think of that's going, because you don't have no motivation in front of you. So you have to find triggers in your mind you know, to bring you to that point of climax. And I'm going to tell you right now, you know, it's not an easy thing to do when you're, when you're new to it. And I'm going to just say that that was a long ass shoot. <laughs> okay. Um, now for the, for the, um, for the first boy girl scene that I did porn sh shoot, um, it wasn't a shoot. It was something where pretty much what everyone is doing now. I um, I knew a freak girl. <laughs> she was a she was a wonderful freak, crazy chick man. Cause she had a boyfriend too, and um, she just you know she liked big cocks and she liked muscles. She liked big guys, and you know I talked to her about it. I knew a little bit about the business, so I got her ID. Um, I got a model release form, and you know. We did what we usually did. We fucked, but this time we caught it on camera, and I kept it professional. And it was nothing. It was no stage production, but you know, I was conscious of trying to be creative. And you know, I can also say that I don't. The first porn um, scene that you see on my website was not the first one videotaped, mm -hmm. so I that I couldn't remember. But either way. But it was definitely the same person. So I guess I could say I used one of my, um, my, my, I guess, bedroom friends to, to, as a transition into the porn business. I mean, to, into the boy girl, um, sex work. Hardcore, yeah. Shout Hardcore, out to the yeah. freak girl from around the way, yeah. All, no, shout out to all of them. Jesus Lord Almighty. So. <laughs> <laughs> what do you enjoy most about starring in hardcore porn scenes? Today? Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I evolved at this point. What I like most about doing porn is um, it's, it's, 
it's it's past the physical now, and more or less um, the chemistry. I love being able to, you know, before you know you you actually do a scene, is to kind of develop a, you know, a quick relationship with the person that you're about to work with, and. Something that I honestly feel that should be done in regular life. <laughs> so, you know, it, there is there at this point, there's no bullshit around because we already know we're gonna fuck. So what we actually do is we try to we, we try to get to know. Well, I try to get to know the person's you know likes and dislikes sexually right off the back. I love you know because you know and I, and I give you an understanding of what I'm talking about. Most people out there when they go on a date. You know, they don't talk about sex. They, you know, and if they do, it really is not because they're trying to understand what the other person likes or dislikes. They're just trying to figure a way, how can I, either how can I get some sex and the person that feel like they're being chased, how can I capitalize off this sex? So it has nothing to do with sex. In the porn business, we both capitalizing off it, and we clear on that. But at this point, we're 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 very comfortable with the fact that we are here just to have sex. And most people in the real world can't get that straight into their head that most of the time when they're with somebody, you know, they don't know what they're with each other for. And in, you know, and it's sad that you know when you're dealing with somebody. They don't, they're not clear on why they're dealing with you. That porn gives me that, and that's what I love about porn and, you know, when I'm doing the scene. When you're doing hardcore scenes, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most while on a shoot? There's a few things. The main thing that would turn me off is attitude and what I mean by attitude like if if my partner if, if I feel like she doesn't want to be there or she's just there for the money only for the money and has no interest in the, in the shoot that's a turn off um, another turn off it's someone that can't take no fucking cock. <laughs> I mean, I understand I got a big dick, but I'm like, come on, girl. You are in the fucking porn business. You better get a fucking dildo and start doing some exercises. Or, you know, or if it's a man, you better get a dildo and start doing some ass exercises or something. Because you're going to be taking some big cocks. I don't want to see you on the set and you're like, oh my God, oh, you know, you're complaining. And, I, and you can't pay. That's a big turnoff. Someone that can't take no cock. That's too funny. What about the good side, the turn-ons? What turns me on is someone who's a natural freak. Who doesn't mind being nasty. Who really is doing porn because they just a fucking freak. You know, that's something that's rare. You know, most of the girls coming into the business, they want money. 
understand. They don't realize they're, dealing, they're going to be dealing with a freak one day. And that's going to wake them up. <laughs> or put them to sleep. <laughs> exactly. And, you know, when you, you know, someone, that's why, you know, the, the freaks out there or anyone that's living a lifestyle that knows they have a sexual energy and they feel weird. Don't. You know, you got to realize that you're special. And trust me, people wish they could have that type of um, that type of gift. Mm -hmm. So when you meet someone with that type of energy, wow, it's a wonderful shoot. And the irony in it, you know, what's crazy about the freaks, the real freaks, is that they're not in the business because they just love to they just love to fuck, and they're not they just need to fuck. And they just need somebody to, you know, they need to get into a place where it's structured and safe and tested. And they will flourish. But most, again, most people are looking at the money and they're going to end up paying for it. <laughs> You've done, as I mentioned earlier in the interview, a variety of different types of scenes on your site. You sort of have different scenes for different sort of niche audiences the plv the solo the the hardcore sex and then also fetish infused sex so my question for you is are you someone that gets into any kinds of fetishes um yeah hell yeah and the the re and the, 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 the crazy part about it is that i don't look at it as a fetish i just look at it as something that it just um you know looks like looks like fun and it just it it, it intensifies the sexual experience and it, it triggers um it triggers the feeling again it, it, it serves as a, as a trigger to make the the sexual experience more intense so and again i don't look at it as a um a fetish i just look at it as how can I make this a little bit more hot? And for example, um, today I did a solo scene, and instead of trying to do anything crazy, you just need to take what's normal. Like I had a, a turtleneck, a great long turtleneck, and then, you know, in my mind, I'm thinking, hmm, how can I make this sexy? And the first thing that comes in my mind, again, because I'm a freak, you know, I'm thinking, you know, you just come out the bathroom with no pants on, a turtleneck. And, of course, I got the body, and you see the, the bulges in the, in the turtleneck and in the shirt. And then you see this cock hanging below the shirt. And the only thing I got to do is lift it up and start going to town, showing my ass and showing all parts of my body with this turtleneck. And, you, you know, you just... You know, you you don't you're not looking to do no fetish. You're just looking to be, you know, to 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 get you know to have fun. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just you know, it's just you know, it's just that people um, place it into categories. And again, you know, you think of change like you know, you take anything in life. You you know, I guess they say life imitates art. You take like um chain. If I had a chain, you know, put it around my neck. You know, and then you could pull it, 
And then, you know, when you pull it, it makes me aggressive. I just want to, you know, it makes my cock hard because it's like, it's like telling me that, you know, it's making me, I don't know. Like I said, it, it's triggers in my mind that I know that would make me, you know, make the experience more intense. Rodney, unfortunately, we're running out of time, but I still have many oh. more questions to ask you. Will you be willing to come back for a part two? Absolutely. Fantastic, Rodney. So, listeners, stay tuned. I have plenty more questions for Rodney St. Cloud about his website, about what his future plans are with his site. You know, a lot of really great questions that I'm sure you want the answers to, especially the big question. And y'all know what I'm talking about. But, uh, Rodney, before I let you go, I do want to ask you, how can the listeners find you on the web? Where can they find you on social media? That kind of thing. Um, if you want to find my work, you can go to RodneyStCloud.com and StrippersInTheHoodTripleX.com. If you want to, you know, get to know me as far as through social media, you can go to um, Facebook under Rodney St. Cloud. Um, Facebook, I guess, backslash Rodney St. Cloud. And Twitter, um, slash RodneyStCloud.com. Fantastic. Well, Rodney, once again, I want to thank you so much for this interview, this part one of the interview. No problem. Oh, thank you, man. And I'm um, looking forward to part two. Absolutely. Me too. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning into One-on-One with Poppy Chulo. Tune in for brand new episodes of One-on-One with Poppy Chulo every Wednesday and Thursday at 10 p.m. Eastern, 7 p.m. Pacific. You can download this episode and many more by visiting poppychuloradio.com forward slash archives. Registered users will gain access to the Poppy Chulo Radio archives of previously aired broadcasts. If you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, you can email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com forward slash poppychulo radio and like us on Facebook by going to facebook.com forward slash poppychulo radio. With that, Rodney St. Cloud and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Yes. Goodbye, y'all.